Hello, welcome to another session of the JMJ Missions podcast. I am your host for this evening, morning, afternoon. I mean, like, whenever you're listening to it, maybe it's like 2 a.m. I don't know why, maybe you can't sleep. I'm Dan Palmieri. I am joined by my co-hosts, my tri-hosts, my co-founders and tri-founders, Anthony McCullough and Rocco Tarabarelli. You can find us on social media, YouTube. We make videos. Rock does a really good job with that. Me and Ant are the main speakers for those videos. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, at JMJ Missions, on TikTok. And finally, if you would like to support us, uh, we are now supportable. I mean, we're always supportable. Like, who wouldn't want to support, like, a mission like this? But you can support us not only through prayer but financially uh, because that's literally how we can continue doing this as uh, grown adults that – are trying to spread the gospel, spread the Lord's word. We literally can't do it without your support. So if you click the link on Anchor, you can donate to us, or I should say, give us a gift. Um, $5, $10, whatever a month that you can give, along with your prayers, will greatly help us out. Um, so without further ado, let's let's get into that uh, that music. Is this techno or EDM? I believe on the little free music platform, the royalty free music platform we use, it, it's EDM. It's definitely EDM, yeah. Nice. I knew they the don't answer. have a techno section. No techno section. I knew that, I just want epidemic sound. Yeah, I just to talk. Alrighty. <laughs> Good to know that it's EDM. <laughs> Alright, so today, interesting topic, one that, again, everybody can relate to. Why? Because it literally connects to the absolute deepest desire of the human heart. And that is love, and it's the definition of love, which is confounding society today and probably the root of, like, most of the problems in society. But before we get to that, we have small talk. And for the first time ever, Ant has offered that I lead the small talk, which is not my gift. Ant is very good with those kinds of cool questions. But I did have one thought, and that is, what is your favorite music genre? Just, like, if you had to pick one right now, favorite music genre, period, go. Alternative, definitely. Without a doubt. I would say alternative as well. That's kind of the, that's what I grew up with, especially when I was in my early teens. That's all I listened to, like Blink-182, All-American Rejects, bands like that. Uh, Always appreciated that music. But I always, I'm also an old soul, as a lot of people know. So I like the pop rock of like the 70s and the 80s and my Billy Joel. And what about you, Dan? So I like Billy Joel and everything. One thing I don't like, I should probably get to what I do like, but... um like 70s pop has to be i'm i'm sorry rock the worst <coughs> i didn't mean genre. i didn't mean pop i meant soft rock okay because i'm thinking rock. like late 60s early 70s mid 70s pop specifically and i'm not talking about like the beatles and stones because that's like more almost like, rock like early motown rock. motown's okay but like i don't know i'm trying to like like hip hippie music i'm not i'm just not that big on it yeah neither am i yeah i and, like um, it i mean yeah i mean there's a few songs here and there like you know like Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. I don't know if that's pop. No, Wait, how's it go? How's it go? I'm not saying. Is that the again. Beatles? <laughs> no, that's Simon and Garfunkel. That's Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of that era as much. Although I do love '80s rock. I'm gonna have to say alternative as well. It's kind of boring. But let me ask. You, let me add to this though. Let's say you're playing basketball, and you have like back in the day when we were little little um, tots, not tots, but little but younger. We would put on CDs. Uh, Let's say you get like 15 songs on a CD to play during basketball, and it's like two on two. By the way, we always used to play two on two with our friend Ryan. Good memories. Yeah, shout out to Two on two in the backyard. Yep, Mm -hmm. me and Ant versus Rock and Ryan. 
We would love to beat you guys, even though it was only like 20% of the We'd time. We'd still beat them today, too. I mean, you would love to. It doesn't mean it happened. Well, we need a rematch. We do. You know, you like, guys need humility. Okay. Can we knock on your on that house and say like, hey. Oh yeah, right after this, let's yeah, head over there. Play basketball. <laughs> right up the, it's literally right up the street. <laughs> the people that yeah. used to live there, yeah. or, or, or people the people live that live there, they live there now. Your yeah. old house. <laughs> but if we're playing basketball, I'm definitely bumping some mid 2000s rap, clean versions, of course. Sure. Of course. Like, nothing too. Same hip hop. Yeah, nothing inappropriate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. of course, we always would listen to the clean versions when we were little teenagers. Right. Barely. And then and then sprinkled with some alternative. Yeah. But let me ask you this. What if you guys are coming home from the shore? Let's say it's 10 p.m. You just had like a ton of pizza at Manco and Manco's, which is a really cool pizza place down on the Jersey Shore. Ocean City. Yeah. What are you listening to on the drive home? Because this says a lot about your character. Because <laughs> now you got to do this right. Because you've got to remember, there's friends in the car. Everyone's full. It's been a long day in the sun. I don't know exactly what genre, <laughs> hour but drive some, home or something yeah, kind of definitely slow because I'm tired. The sun's been beating on my face all day. I don't. I'm not in the mood for energy or anything. Well, good. Energetic. Good. So you're not like a like that's all on the way to the shore. Like exactly. Country, uh, hip hop. Like right. you listen to all that on the way to the shore to get you amped up. Uh huh. On the way home. Something like maybe like light piano, or something like that. Like classical. To just, it just no no no. Like do you just go into Spotify and type light piano? I don't even have Spotify. <laughs> you but should. Apple Our music? podcast is on just it. Just like I don't have Venmo. <laughs> Rock. Get Venmo. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, that's, I'm just write, write me a check. As your friend, it's write so, me a check or give me cash. To not have Venmo. Yeah, there's been so many times where we've gone out to dinner and Rock has to pay me in cash and and off totals too. Right. It's not like he has like a bunch of ones I'm lying like, around. What am I gonna do? Like write you a check Ca- for my for is, my boneless ca- yeah. wings? Cash Come is on. king. Yeah, but so then cash my bank king. account takes a gigantic <laughs> hit, and I get the cash for it. So I mean, I'm all square. Well, then stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're just we're shut down. So, oh, night, oh, okay, driving home from the shore. I actually have a night drive playlist. Don't make fun of me. My wife loves it. That's weird and awesome. Uh, yeah, she loves it, and it's all slower songs, and it's literally built for, like, that Pinelands hour drive, back road drive home from the shore at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night. For those of you who don't know, South Jersey is very diverse. We have really cool beach towns, and we live in a town that's right outside of Philadelphia, but in between the two, from the shore to where we live, a lot of woods, and it's it's kind of scenic and it's very relaxing. Yeah, we have the whole like Jersey Devil, uh, like legends from like the Pineland Woods. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that that drive is nice. Anyway, I have a playlist like that. It's just light. All my favorite artists, but they're light music. So good call. Good. Yeah. Good. All right, our topic today: deep, meaningful, important, and passionate, and that is love is love, right? Isn't love just love? So I guess we could just stop the podcast so there and just say. go home. Yeah, so people say. So the world says. So the world says. We can't stop Especially the on Snapchat when you see those uh, on your likes in your stories forum. It's at least for me. Oh, <laughs> that's like yeah. that's like the, one of the first things that come up. Yep. Love is love. And if it was that easy, we could just sign up, sign, sign, sign up, sign off. We could just sign off and go home right now. <clears throat> it's clearly not that easy because like look around nobody knows how to have a relationship anymore if it was so simple that you could just say hey like love is love then like we would have like we'd all be fine we'd know we have no problems no relationship problems but like nobody is happy in relationships anymore um marriages not marriages it's like falling apart so what's the problem well you got to get to what love is to figure out what that problem is um and so the reason this is so hard is because it's complex the reason it's complex is because love is as we said before, the deepest longing of the human heart. 
every single person. In fact, if you're a Christian, it's why you're made. Every single person is made on this earth to be able to give and receive unconditional love. When we're receiving unconditional love from people and we are giving unconditional love to our neighbor, that is when we are absolutely the happiest, best version of ourselves. In fact, that's literally what heaven is. That like heaven is is your you're one with God, which means you are you are one with pure love. And so, why is it so tricky then? So what why do you think the world can't seem to get it right? I think it's because people don't know what it is anymore. We've lost the definition of love. Yeah, so people are the, kind of misguided, totally. I would say. And they haven't been brought up with, unfortunately, they haven't been brought up with good knowledge of the faith or catechesis or anything like that, where they learn what love is. Absolutely. And I was actually going to say to you guys, like, of course, we don't bash anybody. Like, of course, we're called mm-hmm. to love everybody. Sure. And, and, I, and I firmly believe that even though we have wounded souls from original sin, we're all wounded. Um, sometimes mortally wounded. Uh, I do think people at their core want good things. Most people have good intentions. So we're not trying to bash everybody, but our society has gotten it completely wrong. So what do you guys think is like, what's your opinion on like what most people think love is today? I think people think that love is whatever feels good, whatever's easy and nice and enjoyable. But then as soon as it gets difficult or as soon as you have to maybe sacrifice, then people are out. Nobody wants to sacrifice. Definitely. And like doing, doing me and like what I want to do. And, and, and you have to, you have to be happy and accept that. Cause if I'm, if I'm happy and then you should, then you should accept the fact that I'm happy. Right. And, and it's, I think another reason is because people are so focused on themselves and not others. Like we're not here just to make ourselves feel good. We're here to like to serve. And that, that's what no one's doing. Like no one's walking around thinking right. like, Oh, how right. can I serve you? <laughs> no, not yeah. very few people. Have... Right. Not like I'm doing that. Like I'm not, but you get it. Yeah, but like in the back of your mind, you kind of, I mean, like people mm-hmm. that are prayerful and devout, they, they hopefully are thinking that, you know, but most people, it's not like that. What, what do you think, like what has happened in our society to cause us to be so self-centered? Because if you think about it, you look at American society, it's all based on me, every single person. And, and it gets to the point where good meaning, well-meaning people, I think, very well-meaning people, um, they don't even realize how self-centered we've become. It's all just about me, 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 me. Like I have to do what makes me feel good. This didn't make me feel good. I have to be me. I have to go do what was best for me. That's all you hear. You got to do what's best for me. I have to do this because that's what I feel I want to do. If you hear millennials and Gen Z people talk, they only know how to talk about themselves. Almost everybody. All they know how to talk about is themselves. Why, why has it gotten like that? Like what do you guys think has happened to make it, you know, so so self-centered that even well-meaning people with good hearts don't even realize how how much we are kind of obsessed with ourselves i think maybe social media has done that and it's caused everyone to just highlight themselves and nothing else like they want to appear to be the best or the prettiest or or whatever so right. i think because i remember before social media people weren't as self-centered sure right. mm-hmm. and when you start to compare yourself on social media uh that becomes more addicting to outdo the person maybe that you're trying to be like right and the other thing is um i think that social media the reason it became so prominent it's prominent throughout the entire world of course but the reason i think it was developed in the united states is because you know the u.s to get a little bit philosophical and historical here the u.s in a good way was founded on the idea that we're all important and we're all like special and therefore, no one can tell anybody else what to do, right? Like, we're breaking away from the king, you know, of England because 
Nobody can tell us what to do because we're all equal. And the founding fathers believed that everybody was loved by God. Like it was like we're all endowed with the same rights by our same creator. Because everybody comes from God, we're all special. Therefore, we're going to make our own decisions instead of just have someone who was birthed into it just tell us what to do. Of course, it took a long time to get that to everybody with like slavery and, you know, um, then like civil rights and everything like that. But, you know, it, it got better and better since the country was founded. But the problem is, as cool as that is to think like, okay, every single person's really special, it became, we went so far in the direction of individualism that we lost the goodness in which it was, individualism was founded, and it became just a self-obsession. What do you want to do with your life? No one can tell, now it's like nobody could tell me what to do. I feel like today, there's no such thing as good and evil anymore. In people's minds, good and evil is just people telling you what to do and not telling you what to do the most evil per if you talk to most millennials most in fact most people in america today the most evil thing somebody can do is tell somebody else hey you're wrong if you tell anybody sure. else you're wrong yeah. you're the most evil thing in the world so it's mm -hmm. weird we've actually lost the definition of good and evil because it used to be like okay being good meant you were like a good person <laughs> and being evil meant you were like doing bad things now being evil just means you have you have an opinion that someone might not be reaching their potential and then they flip on you mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that recently? Anything in your own lives about people's own? Yeah. I mean, every, every now and again, I'll have a conversation with someone where it'll start out good and friendly. And then I guess something comes up, religion comes up or our belief systems, a conversation about that comes up and they expect me to yield to what they believe in. And I'm not right. This isn't how I was raised, but and just, just by their reaction, it looks like, I'm coming off as a as a jerk. Right. I'm not. Right. Well, <laughs> like, you're, well, you're, you're just standing up for what's actually good and evil. Yeah, of course. Well, Based off my, my value system good. and the way I was raised and what's personal to me. Right. Right. So um, another aspect of all this is because we are so self-absorbed, it's all become about our own like pleasure and own feelings. So so many people think that love is just a romantic attachment or a feeling. And that's why, like, we're so disposable now. You know what I mean? Like, you get in a relationship, makes you feel good. You, f you feel that, like, romantic feeling for a little bit. Everyone wants to be close to other people. It's wired genetically, and that's a good thing. It's wired into our souls because God wants us to be close to other people. So we all want that. But then as soon as the as soon as that feeling goes away, we're out. We're out. Um, so it's really important for us to really think – into why are we getting into a relationship and do we really know what love is um why do you guys think it's so hard right now for people to actually make the decision to to actually grind it out when they don't feel it what kind of stuff is like per, like inhibiting us effort i think it just takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of like elbow grease to put in the, the kind of time and to make those kinds of sacrifices to make it last because Love is all nice in the beginning when it's all like fun and like and fluffy and oh this is great, but then as soon as like that wears off because that will wear off, that's when true love is actually present. It's kind of like our relationship with God. When we first had our conversions, we were enthralled, like we were just like bouncing off the walls, right? Like right. in love with the Lord, and we still are, right? But we don't have that same feeling because but this is actually more real because it's more concrete. But it, so it takes another level of energy to get to this point that a lot of people don't want to expend. They don't want to expend it because they they, they want instant results because that's what's that's what they're I guess used to having from 
I don't know. They, they just want things fast today because everything's fast today. And they're not willing to put in hard work and effort. They just want it now. Right. So Does that makes sense. So to sum all this up, pretty much what's happening is we all have our definition of love. Most people, that is just what's good for me, what makes me feel good. And then it's hard for us to move past that I don't feel good because we're so used to getting things like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we're in this society where everything's just handed to us and given to us. All right. Like instant pleasure, yeah. Okay. So, Aunt, you hit on this for a second. What society needs to know then is what real love is mm-hmm. because we keep getting into these relationships thinking it'll make us happy. But if the pers- other person doesn't actually love us and they're just ad- attached to a feeling or we're just attached to a feeling, whether it's friendships or, or romantic relationships, we're not going to be happy. So what is the actual definition of love? So the church definition of love is to will the good of the other. I'm going to say that one more time <laughs> to will the good of the other. There's three words in there that are really important in that definition. First, the word will. The word will means like a really strong desire, like a, a need, like a great necessity. So it's to need the good, which is the best, mm-hmm. the best possible thing, not just something that's okay, not something that's just, you know, like not bad, mm-hmm. like the best. So it's to need the best for the other, which means not you. Right. So you're genuinely not thinking about yourself at mm-hmm. all. Right. So it's actually the opposite of like, I like this feeling. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love you. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And what do you, so when, when someone has never felt, maybe like you have a, a person that's never, like grew up in a family that didn't really have a lot of that, you know, like maybe they didn't feel loved. Um, that can contribute to our idea of love, right? Because if, if we have not experienced love, as people willing are good when we grow up, then it makes us, it makes it hard for us to really like think that maybe that stuff is real in general, that we can contribute to somebody else. So what are like, what are we called to do to like fix this problem? Show them what it is sure. in that situation. And to have courage because it, because when, when you're with a group of your friends and you see someone maybe in the cafeteria or sitting by themselves and they feel, they might feel unloved or they were never given love to have courage to break apart from your friends in that moment and to go up to them and talk to them, like, how's your day going? You know, ask them the questions, make them feel loved, give them kindness and compassion. Right. And they'll feel that. And they'll know that it, that it exists after that. Because they can yeah. finally feel it. Right. But it starts with you coming out of yourself mm-hmm. and having and having the courage to do that because that's hard. That's hard. It's it's awkward to just go up to a stranger and start talking to them. That's right. Really and, and actually, Rock, that's the perfect example of, of what authentic love is because it <clears throat> checks off every box of that definition. Mm-hmm. Like what's good for that person who's sitting by themselves is to have a friend or anyone come sit next to them. Cause no, unless like they truly, truly want their personal space, which they probably don't. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes they put up a front that they do yeah, because exactly. they've been hurt so many times. Right. But as soon as they really, if when someone really feels they can trust and they, when someone really thinks that you love them and they feel, I don't care how many walls they put up when they, like my students I'm thinking of, or just especially young people, anybody, if they're convinced that you really love them, oh my gosh, the walls come down oh, yeah. so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it might not be uh, clear in the beginning. Like they might have that little sense of pride. Like they might not want to yeah, show it in the beginning. Like, exactly, <laughs> but, but deep down. But deep, deep down, like they feel, yeah. they feel loved. Yeah, you know. But they're just trying to look all cool, right, right, bold, right. and put a, you know. Put up, well, we put up walls where everyone's <laughs> yeah. scared. Everyone's scared to feel vulnerable because they've been rejected so many times and haven't felt love from people. 
So when their actual love is staring them in the face, it's hard. They don't want to. They don't. They get scared to trust it. Yeah. 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 And rock. That's perfect because also you're coming outside of yourself because mm-hmm. no one really wants to go to be the one to do that. Sure. No one wants to break away from their friends because you're very comfortable. Right. But you see someone who might need a friend. Right. And you don't yeah. want to, so you don't do it for yourself. You literally do it for the other. Or you know, another example would be just a, approaching like a homeless person on the street. It doesn't mean you always have to give them money or maybe you have some snacks in your in your bag that you could give them. But really approaching them like some random stranger on the street that everyone is like looking weirdly at mm-hmm. and just ostracizing this person because they're wearing all these dirty clothes or they have a duffel bag full of dirty clothes. They have a shopping cart full of stuff. And, every, and everyone around them is just looking at them like a crazy person. To, to I mean that's that's hard mm-hmm. to yeah. go up to them because yeah. they it takes courage it really does it it does it really does and I think the hardest thing to do is with your own family too because like your own family that's when you want to be yourself and you don't want to like put on a face you know to be like be like everyone wants to think that oh we we're, I'm trying to be nice everyone wants to mm-hmm. think that they're a nice good person so with, with people you don't know of course you put on that nice face and you go out there and you do what you can at least some people do your own family. The people you live with, that's that's tough. Because mm-hmm. these people see your ins and outs. They know you. You know them. You're in your comfort zone. You don't want to get out of your comfort zone. So I, I will tell those listening, if you can pull off showing your family constantly that you love them by your actions, especially when they tick you off, you're reaching pretty high levels of sanctity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so a little challenge for our listeners, like try with your family. That's the hardest thing to do. Uh, or your spouse or, you know, your, your girlfriend or boyfriend, if it's been a long time, a year or two years, and, you know, you've been, you know, those these people are the hardest ones to, to, to truly show love to. And I just want to make one more point, and that's that the only reason that humankind even knows deeply what this love is that we're talking about, it's called agape love, is because of Jesus. Without the revelation of Jesus coming to the world, this world did not know what love is. The Greeks had four words for love. They had storge which meant uh, family love, which is very nice. The, love, the, love, the nice feeling you feel when you're with your family, which I believe is very closely related to God's love, probably the closest. And there's also uh, one of the closest ways. But there's also philia, which is brotherly love or friendship love. Um, that's a word that the Greeks had for, for that kind of love. And uh, that was like, you know, you're with your friends and you love hanging out with them and everybody can relate to that. Then there's eros, which is where we get the word erotic from, which is like sexual love or even just a love that's surrounded by beauty. It doesn't have to be sexual. It'll just be romantic love, beauty. Again, something everybody can relate to. And then Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and he got down on his knees and washed the apostles' feet before that, said, this is my body, this is my blood, completely and utterly emptied himself. It's called kenosis. Completely emptied himself, gave everything to death on a cross, a horrible, torturous death, and forgave those that were killing him, people had not seen this kind of love before. And Jesus said it, no greater love has a man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And then the early Christians started doing that for each other. They started dying for each other. They started taking care of the sick in different cities, even if they if it meant that they were going to risk getting the disease themselves and, uh, themselves and, and passing away from it. They would take care of their families. Uh, they would even go down the street to the pagan guy who was not a Christian, who whose family had left him, who was sitting there dying because of a contagious disease, and they'd take care of him too. And when he got better, what do you what do you think he'd want to do? Become Catholic. Exactly, become a Christian. Yeah. This love was so powerful 
that people came up with a new word for it. It's called agape. Agape is sacrificial, selfless love. And this is what the world has forgotten. Because if we remembered what love is, that it's sacrificial, selfless love, then it's not about a feeling anymore. It's long term. If you don't, whether you feel it or you don't feel it in a relationship with your friends, with your family, you still love them and you still go through things for them and you still are loyal to them because you know it's what God wants you to do. But it's hard. So how can a good, last question for you guys, how can a good faith life help you to have the agape love that's going to change the world, as you guys said? Just, you know, filling yourself with, with the knowledge of, of the scriptures, of the saints, and then imitating that as best as you can and reflecting the holiness that, you know, that a saint gave or, or whoever, a spiritual person, whoever that you may look up to, trying to imitate them in the best way possible will really refine the way you give love to the world. Might like, as you said, Rock, it might inspire you to come out of your comfort zone and be courageous and help mm-hmm. those that in the uncomfortable positions that we find ourselves in to help others and to love others. Reading the lives of the saints, particularly because they did those things so well, can be a great like motivational tool for it. So, yeah, a good answer. I think if we want to imitate agape love, we just have to do what Christ did. So now he died for us on the cross, and that's probably the greatest example of agape love. He didn't do that for him. He did that for us. That definitely wasn't for his good. Right. Um, so now that's not our call to be crucified. But, <laughs> we, but we can, in little ways, put ourselves on the cross every day. Right. So whenever there's a suffering that you have, you can unite it to Jesus' suffering and just offer it up and not complain. Right. And if there's something that's inconvenient for you, you have to drive, I don't know, an hour and a half to pick someone up that doesn't have a car. Like Things like that, you can do them without complaining. And it's, it's, like, it's putting yourself on the cross. Mm-hmm. And you had a story at the apartment that you actually made a little video about. Someone needed a ride somewhere. Uh, our, our downstairs neighbor. Yeah. I don't know if you want to give that story real quick. Yeah, sure. I was having like a really, I'll give it really quickly. I was having like a really sad day. It was last summer. And uh, I just felt like I needed like a friend to talk to. And then suddenly there was a knock on the door like at before 8 a.m., like 730 in the morning. And it was this dude that I, I would say hi to at the apartment complex. I didn't know much about him. But, you know, we always waved to each other. I always said hi to each other. So he was knocking on the door. And uh, I opened it and he was like, dude, he was like, I need so much help. He was like, I'm late for work. Uh, I don't have a car. Can you please take me to work? And I was just like, and just peace came over my soul. And I was just like, yeah, I got you. And I, so I put my shoes on, took him to work. We had a great conversation. And then like, I don't know. And we just became like actual friends after that. Right. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And then I realized something that when I took him to uh, his place of work, that there was a church that I used to go to in this town that I haven't been to in a long time. So I figured, you know what, let me just stop by this church and just thank God for this and, you know, just pray for a little bit. And as I drive and arrive at the church, I see that mass is starting. The doors were open, so I walked in, and I sat down, and then the little bells rang, and then mass started. Wow. So it was perfect. Like, I had no idea that I was going to be at mass that day, wow. but that wow. was all God. Yeah. So you can't outgive God. You give him a little inch. He gives you right. a mile, gave you the graces. And honestly, I feel like if you had talked to him about the Lord after that, mm-hmm. he listened. Yeah. Because you showed that love. Exactly. So now from, from that point on, when someone feels, because you went out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Him, you, you gain nothing from right. that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, so we lived there for another three months and I would always see him. And then when I told him that, uh, that I was moving out, he was actually sad. He was like, oh man, he was like, I'm going to miss you. He was like, you're, <laughs> you're a great neighbor. And I don't know, it just meant a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like just a little thing, driving someone to work on no notice that you never really talked to. But like, honestly, that. <laughs> so weird but that is the love that's going to change the world mm-hmm. that is the love people need to see because then they reform their relationships and they realize oh man I, I got a love like that and i need to find to find people that love like that and that's when the world starts to change that's when families start to change 
I th- keep thinking of Maria Esperanza, who was the, you know, as, as we said last podcast, we don't mention her every single time because there's more <laughs> to the faith than just Maria Esperanza, but she does hold a very special place in our heart because of our conversions and meeting her family and stuff like that. But um, what an incredible example of someone who had a huge family and loved everybody like they were part of your family. Um, the one cool story I can think of that shows this agape love is every time she'd give a talk or most times she would give a talk somewhere and it's this might be in front of hundreds or maybe thousands of people in fact one time in merchantville i remember i believe it was 1996 or 1998 she came up and gave a talk gave a talk to a packed house the church was filled to capacity and then some there must have been i don't know seven eight nine hundred people there over a thousand maybe after the talk was over they usually what they do is they the tanya choir will sing some songs they probably prayed a rosary maria speranza probably shared it words for a half hour 45 minutes and then people started to line up because they all wanted a special one-on-one word with Maria Esperanza, who also could read your heart. <laughs> so no wonder they wanted to be in line. But I was told by multiple people who were there that night that the line was down down the pews and all the way around, and there was hundreds of people in line. And Maria Esperanza would not leave until every single person had a few minutes with her. She was there until, I think, after 3 a.m. that night. Mm-hmm. members of her family said oh yeah that's that's not weird we we you know, she would bring her family everywhere to the to the u.s when she came here and things like that oh no, that's not weird we would always be sleeping in the pews and she would always there'd always be one translator with her and they'd take turns <laughs> translating because they'd get so tired and she'd be up um counseling people and showing god how much they love them most of all till three or four a.m individually why because she saw everybody the way god did as the precious infinitely precious soul that they are and she was willing to forget about herself, forget about her sleep, forget about her own conveniences at that time to help each one one-on-one. Now, we might not be at that level yet. We can get to that level, but that's the agape love that we need. That's the agape love that we need. Even her family members in that situation just kind of peacefully falling asleep in the pews. Right. Even that's a tiny example of agape love because, you know, they probably want to go home. Right. But they knew that it was for the good of everyone else. So they just kind of just packed up and just fell asleep on the pew <laughs> right like so i don't know so so from from being around her they learn what it what it what it means to have that kind yeah, of love like that was their little role in that situation exactly dan what would you what would you say to somebody who it's might rapid fire <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of pl- to play devil's advocate if someone who was agnostic or didn't believe in god <clears throat> what would you say if they said well i could give this agape love you're talking about I could be a kind person. I don't need religion or God, but I could still do acts of kindness. Sure. Uh, I'd give two two examples of that. One. Because I, I, th- I feel like a lot of people can are just satisfied with being a nice person, and they could do acts of love, sacrificial acts of love, agape love. Right. But they don't need an institution or religion or a God. They could just live their lives being a kind person. Sure. So my answer to that is a great question right on the spot. <laughs> But my answer to that is twofold. Number one, um, doesn't matter what religion you believe in. Uh, of course, it does. I mean, like God, God did come and start a church. We're proud Christians, Catholics, and I believe this, that's the way that the normative way of salvation that God did set up. So, just as a disclaimer, but doesn't matter what religion you are, even if you're an atheist, God is love. And so, if you're able to do acts of agape, I mean, truly self-sacrificial, self-forgetting love. Um, and this atheistic person that says this is act- can actually back up what they're saying with these acts, 
then I would say that they do have some kind of connection with God. They just don't call it God. In those moments, they're cooperating with God. They have to be because God is the love that created the universe. He is that self-emptying love by which this universe exists and, and was created. But secondly, here's what I would say. Back it up. Because I would never judge other people. You know, we're not called to judge. And there could be goodness in a lot of people, regardless of belief, as I just said. But without living the sacraments, without the Eucharist, without going to confession, without a really good prayer life, it's very, very hard to give that sacrificial love. In order for you to still give that sacrificial love without the sacraments, without prayer, without a relationship with the Lord, um, or at least a conscious relationship with the Lord, it would have to be the Lord giving a very special grace to you. And he could do it. I mean, we, he gives graces to us all the time. We don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. But I would say either they're getting a very special undeserved grace that they're cooperating with and good for them, or I would say most of the time they might not be able to pull it off. I, I really do. Because, you know, that love is supernatural. You need a connection with God to be able to truly pull that off. I let, Before my conversion, I liked to think that I was a nice person. I really mm-hmm. did. And I kind of was. I'd be polite to your face. But that deep sacrificial love to be able to like be like pure in a relationship or to be able to like, I don't know, like love people even when like it, it's annoying and that deep peace, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that deep peace. Um, I didn't have it. I really didn't. I was a nice dude. I was fine. I was a happy, go lucky guy. Didn't have that supernatural love until the sacraments slow into confession. So that, there's my answer. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody want to lead us in a prayer? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, dear Lord, I would like to pray for anyone who has, maybe they think that they've never felt this agape love. Maybe no one has ever sh- shown them agape love. So, Lord, I ask that uh, today, that right now, that you let them know that they are loved. Uh, and let it be very clear. Uh, let it be an answered prayer for them. Let them just know that, that they matter so much and that they are so cared for by you. Amen. 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 Father, and the Holy, Father, Spirit. And Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Our audience, rock. God bless.